This morning, I talked to you guys a, a while back about baptism by fire. We had our, our baptism here beginning of the month, and I talked about the scripture that says that Jesus was going to come and that John baptized with water, but Jesus would come and baptize us with fire. I don't want to this morning try to explain everything I can about the infilling of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit as described in the book of Acts. I'm just going to simply read the story to you. But we as a church, I believe, are on a precipice of going further. See, it's at this place right now we can experience more of God. We can choose to do church as usual, or we can stay, and we can stay in the place that we've always been, or we can say today, God, I want more of you. I desire more of you in my life. To reach that higher ground involves pressing in, pushing in, embracing the unknown. I picture it like a, a field where a, a, a shepherd is taking a flock into a new place. And here they've been in this one pasture for a long time. And I believe that this symbolically in the spirit realm, he's saying to us, do you want to stay here where you've been or do you want to go over here where the green grass is? See, many of us today will say, oh, well, I'm pretty comfortable over here. I know what the grass tastes like. This morning, some of us would say, you know, I've never been here before and I'm not really comfortable I don't know what to expect. This place is unknown. A couple of weeks ago, I began with talking about the sifting of Peter. What happened to change this man's life so drastically that took him from denying Jesus before a little girl to a courageous man that so defied the chief priests that he was able to say this? And Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. This is at the beginning of the book of Acts. So dramatically was his life changed. We pick up the story at the end of the book of John. Jesus has died. Peter has denied Christ. And Peter is broken. And what do we find him doing there? He's doing what he always knew to do. He says, I'm going fishing. Simon Peter told them, they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. See, there's times in our life, even maybe right now, exactly where we're at. We feel alone, we feel estranged, we feel like we've been beat up. I don't believe that Peter is, is unsaved at all at this point. He's simply spiritually useless. Life and his own character has taken, to him, taken him exactly to where he's at. His character had brought him to this place. Remember, I talked about our blind spots last week. Our blind spots have caused us to be broken. And so early in that next morning, it says, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. How many times have we found ourselves, when we don't know what to do, we go back to what we, the only thing we know, and then in the midst of that, Jesus shows up and we don't even recognize Him. Remember, He's been with them for three years and they don't even recognize Him. We don't even realize He's with us. Jesus takes time to reinstate Peter. He asks him to feed his sheep, remember, three times. Peter, a little upset on the third time, says, yes, I will. And he says, you know I love you, Lord. 
And it was right after this in the book of Luke, we find Jesus' final words to his disciples. In Luke chapter 24, 48, it says, You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you in my father, what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. The word clothed there is the word endu. It means dress. Similar to an analogy of a baptism, where the idea of covering us completely. The word translated there, power, is the word dunamis. And it's superpower. He's telling you, I want you to be clothed in superpower. That I'm going to give you, that only comes from heaven. Only comes from the Holy Spirit. It was on this occasion that Luke reminded himself, he says, it was on on one occasion while we were eating with them, he gave them this command. Jesus had told them this. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Many of you have been baptized. They had been baptized with water. Now, Jesus is saying, you're going to be baptized with something new. The Holy Spirit. I want to immerse you in the Spirit of God. Think about this. At the end of the book of John, he tells him this. He says, but truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus tells him, listen, it's a good thing that I'm leaving. It's a good thing that I have to die because if I die and I go, I'm going to send one to you who is more, who's got all the power. He's an advocate. He's going to come along your side. He's going to be with you. He's going to teach you. He's going to lead you and guide you. It's good that I'm doing this. And then the book of Acts begins right here where we end. It's the beginning for the apostles. It's the beginning of the church. It's what we must model ourselves after. He tells them to stay and wait. And then in the second chapter, something occurs. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. They had done as Jesus had said. Suddenly the sound of a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Peter explains this promise later because he talks about, he says, this is the promise that Joel talked about. And he says, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all who, whom the Lord will call. So he's saying to this, this isn't just for us. This is for everyone. Here, this man that was afraid of a little girl, Peter, who says, aren't you one of his disciples, now is speaking boldly. What happened? What transformed him? What had changed? Now they're threatening to beat him up and put him in jail. And they say, I choose to follow God rather than man. What transformed in their lives? We're going to look at this miraculous event that revolutionized the church. They came together out of obedience. Jesus commanded them to wait. They came together to seek the Lord. They came together expecting or anticipating. And they came together without any reservation. There used to be this saying in the church, if Jesus said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But today that that has all changed. If Jesus said it, well then we should question it, because there might be something out there that's different. Maybe we've learned something new today that would uh, bring shed light on that. 
I want you to know this morning that you can tr- I want you to know that that I want to take you into that other pasture. I want you to trust me this morning. I will look at two men today, Ron and Scott, who've been with me for over seven years. Now I'll say this, in those seven years, did you guys always know where I was going? No. Did you always wonder if I was going in a different route? Yes. But I know this. I know you trusted that the Spirit of God, the fact that I was going to constantly seek after God's heart, that He would lead me and guide me. Not because I had some great discernment, because I, sometimes I would bumble along, but in the midst of it, God says, He would say, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to, you can trust me, because I'm going to put my feet in His prints. And this morning, as we move into this, I'm telling you this morning is that God is leading us into a place, I believe, where we can eat new grass. I will constantly seek His face. I will constantly pursue God's heart. This morning, I'm going to tell you a couple stories. First of all, on my journey, I was 12 years old, and I was living in Alaska. We lived in Fairbanks in 1978. And I was going to go to Bible, school, to Bible camp that year, and I didn't want to go. I was a homesick boy, okay? I wanted to stay home. It was about 300 miles to camp. Alaska's big. We went, Little Beaver Camp is what it was called. Didn't want to be there, but I remember each night we would, get on, we would come to the altar and just begin to seek the heart of God. At 12 years old, at 12 years old, I don't have all the Christianese. I don't have all the, 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 the things that we have today, all the knowledge and understanding of even what it means about the Holy Spirit. All I know is I wanted more of God. And so each night, I would come to the altar. And I remember on Wednesday night, seeking the heart of God, and something dramatic happened to me. I began to speak in something I did not understand. At 12 years old, you can't teach it. You can't teach it. It wasn't something contrived. It was something just simply that the Holy Spirit was moving through me so strongly that when I got done praying that night after hours, I couldn't even walk to my room. It reminded me of the book of Acts in the second chapter when they said, aren't these people drunk? Because they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now this morning, I want you to understand I am not trying to promote tongues as an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is, I just want more of God. Whatever that looks like, whatever that entails, I just want more of Him. And I know this as I was thinking about my life and that, that, that... The focal point not being the tongues, the focal point being the fire of God. I don't want you to fear this. I want you to explore all that God has for you. I want you to go on this journey with me. Think about this. After this, after this happens in the book of Acts, in, the, in chapter 19, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, Then what baptism did you receive? 
John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. It was just as simple as that. See, we make it about all this other stuff and it's just simply as just believing. This is what God said. And it happened. These men here appeared to be disciples of John. They had been baptized in repentance. But he says there, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? As though it's a separate occasion. The word received there is the word lambano. And it means to actively lay hold of, take or receive. It's not passive. It's taking a hold of the gift of God. It's seeking it out. And the Holy Spirit is the baptizer. The end result isn't that I just get filled, but that I become this river that is constantly filled and flowing out. The Spirit is poured out. We are enveloped in Him such that He becomes life to our dead souls. And one of the effects of that life is that a river begins to flow out. And the reason I say we need to pray for this every day is, how's your river? My guess is it's like drip, drip, drip. Somebody gets a little help from you here, a little word there, but there's a lot of grumbling, and there's a lot of murmuring, and there's a lot of hurtfulness, and, and your life feels more like a sledgehammer than a, a river of life. And, and you don't like that. That's one of the evidences that you're born again. You don't like that. I don't like it. So I'm on my knees. God, please. Now, I have no ultimate answer for how God apportions the Holy Spirit. I don't think we ultimately control that, although we can quench the Holy Spirit. He can kill our quenching and come if He wants to, and so it's both in, I can push Him away, and He can stop me from pushing Him away. But I have no... I just know I want more. I want more of your baptizing power. I want to be enveloped more fully. I want you to ooze into me in more places. I want to be permeated more profoundly and more deeply. And that's why I think this whole, this whole, we need to break out of our categories and say, here's the place where we're baptized. And then what are you doing after that? Right? Living on your own? It's like, I got all I'm going to get and now, no. Every day could be a fuller day. A more deeply plunged day, a more fully influential day. So, number two, we're not just life getters. That was number one, when we're plunged into the Spirit, but we become life givers. A river goes out, and, and the river is big or small, depending on how it's flowing, right? This isn't just about speaking in tongues. I want you to be aware that it's there. I want you to know that Paul said it, and I say it 
as Paul did. Paul says, I wish that you spoke in tongues, all of you. I, I want you more, though, so I want you filled. I want you drenched. I want you baptized in his fire. I want us to be transformed. All of us have seen people probably over the years that maybe we'd see them speak in tongues and then on the other side they, they could cuss like a sailor. We'd see them speak in tongues and they were mean old nasty people. We'd see people speak in tongues and we'd say, man, I don't want any part of that. And then, then all of a sudden we find ourselves in this place where we just have a distaste for anything that has to do with the Spirit. But the Spirit of God is the very thing. It's the very heartbeat of our church. It is the very heartbeat of us being Christians. This morning, I want you to meet somebody who I believe exemplifies the baptism of the Spirit. She models it in her life every single day. This is Diane. Hi. I have been going to church one to three times a week for about 40-something years. And I had an experience here about a year ago that I'd never experienced before. And it was during the worship service, as I was worshiping God, I began to hear myself speak words that I'd never spoken before. And I was saying sentences that I'd never heard or spoken before. And it continued to roll and to roll and to roll. And I realized that God had baptized me in the Holy Spirit and I was speaking in another tongue. It wasn't scary. It wasn't weird. It was a beautiful experience that I'd never had before. I wished it happened 40 years ago, but it's better late than never. And here I am, 71 years old, and I'm speaking a heavenly language. And it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. And I continue to do it all the time. I do it here. I do it at home. I even lay hands on my husband at night when he's sleeping and I pray for him in tongues. So he hasn't woke up in the middle of it, but who knows. But God is a great God and I want everything that he has for me. And I, I'm so thankful that that it happened. You know, I wondered all those years, you know, about people doing that, and I never did. But finally he gave it to me, and it was because I wanted it. And I think it's for all people who serve God and want it. It's a beautiful thing. Nothing to fear. Just something to thank God for. Thank you. The true evidence of being filled is not speaking in time, but it's a transformed life. The baptism or the filling would change the dynamic of these disciples. Let me ask you this morning, are you radically on fire for God? Do you maybe need to seek His baptism because you need that transformation in your life? I don't want this area to be difficult because to me it's not difficult because if you do or you don't, it doesn't affect anything with us. You can not speak in tongues and you can still go to heaven. What? Are you kidding? It's true. There are people in heaven that don't speak in tongues. Did you know that? But at the same time, as you can see little Diane, there was no fanfare when she was sitting up here worshiping that Sunday morning when we'd only been here about two months. And she said, she didn't even tell me about it till two weeks later. She's like, by the way, Greg... This happened. And I'm like, what? 
How powerful is that? But for those of you this morning, maybe you're like, okay, I, 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 want, I, I have to know a little bit more. It's got, it just isn't get into my head. Chris has a video of John Bevere. It's like 10 minutes long, maybe 8 minutes long. I think it lays it out the best I've ever seen. If you have questions after this morning, I want you to talk to Chris. He'll put your phone number in his phone, and then he's going to send you the link. And you can sit down this afternoon and watch it. Okay? It's really easy. It's probably the most simple and basic I've ever seen of it. And it's like, okay, this just makes sense. And hopefully that helps. Now, I want to move on to something else. I want you to know this. God wants to fill you. There is more evidence in Scripture that over and over and over, He wants to fill us. We can be saved. We can have been baptized. But there's another link that God wants us. He commanded His disciples to go and wait. If the disciples did not have the Holy Spirit, they would have never been able to do and accomplish what they did. Now you say, well, weren't they, didn't they receive the Holy Spirit when they were saved? Yes, they do. But there is another baptism the Bible talks about. Remember that very scripture we just used it for. Have you received since you believed? Ephesians tells them this. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And when he says be filled there, he's saying it in the present imperative. It's saying be filled completely. Remember last week when I used this same word, playru. It's the word, remember when uh, in Revelations chapter 3, where he was talking about your deeds are not complete. That's the same word. He's saying here, I want you to be complete in the Spirit. Be filled and constantly filled. Some of you, maybe you were filled years ago. You were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what have you done with that? That's what John Piper's saying. Are you just still that little drip? Drip. See, we should be drenching. We should be drenched with the Spirit of God constantly on our lives. The power of God flowing through us. So you say this morning, Luke 11, 9 says it this, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? As a, as a human being, like, man, I give good gifts to my kids. That's so, you know, and God just going, Francis, what do you think? You really think, like, you're going to be more generous? And he says, so you're going to ask me for the Holy Spirit? And I'm going to give you something else? You'll give your neighbor, you'll get up in the middle of the night for your neighbor. You'll give good gifts to your kids. What do you think I am? Like a lesser version of you? And I was thinking about this passage because it's like we can get so concerned. Like, God, am I asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now? Or the anointing or the, or the Holy Spirit coming upon me for a specific task? Or have I never had the Holy Spirit? I, I'm scared I'm going to ask for the wrong one. Really? Or are we supposed to use this as little children? 
and go, God, I don't know. Our pastor doesn't even know. You know like, we don't know. I mean, what's God going to do tonight if, if we just come before Him and say, God, okay, I don't know. I just know I want more of the Holy Spirit. Like, I know I want more. I mean, there's sins in my life that should be dead by now. And it's still in there, and I want it gone. I I know I've blessed some people here and there, but I'm not sure it's even a spiritual gift. Like, I want more of that. There's supposed to be power that comes upon me to be your witness. I want all of that. There's this fruit that's supposed to be in me. This love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And I meet unbelievers that are kinder than me. And that have more peace than I do. And have more joy than I do. God, I want your spirit. God, we're supposed to do the same things that Jesus did. He says, you're going to do the same things I did. And even greater works than these. And you look at your life and you're going, God, I'm not seeing that yet. And so all of these things, the Bible says, is the power of the Holy Spirit. And going back with the verse that we started, it's just, there's supposed to be this river of living water just coming out from our hearts. There's supposed to be this power. Like everyone should look at us at work, at, you know, in our neighborhood and go, man, what is up with you? Like there should be an obvious, you know, difference between someone who is filled with the Spirit and someone who's not. It's just like if someone's filled with alcohol, he's going to act different than everyone else. And in the same way, when you're filled with the Spirit, there's this river of life coming from you. There's power. There's these gifts for the rest of us and for this whole body. Just to bring this joy, this light everywhere. There's a tremendous, tremendous power. And I just thought, you know what? What if we just tonight just came as little kids? Picture yourself as a two or three year old. Where he ended there is exactly where I feel like we're at tonight. We can spend all this time analyzing it. We can dissect scripture. We can take the Bible apart. But what if we just came like Preston? A little guy. What if we just came to the Lord like Preston and we just said, God, I want everything you have for me. What if a church came together and said, I just want more of your Holy Spirit in my life. And we just came together on a Sunday night, which is unusual, but we came together and we just, we worshipped the Lord until we felt like He had done something in our lives. What if we filled the altar tonight? What if we laid on the floor and we cried out to God and we said, God, I I just want more of you. What if that's what, have we, you know, get in that place where we're just so filled with Him. Filled and being filled. That's what Christ is asking of us. In Luke 3.16, says, John answered them all. It says, I baptize you with water. 
but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus is the baptizer. See, when we get baptized in water, the pastor baptizes us. But the second act is when the Holy Spirit, we get immersed by Jesus in the Holy Spirit. Where He, he immerses us in Him. It's a baptism and fire. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's a never-ending pursuit of God. It's an unceasing seeking of His face. It's more than just a little do, a dabble do you. It's, I have to have all He has for me. I want to call out. I want to cry out. God, fill me. I've seen the way the world is, and the world is going down a path that I will tell you right now, if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, it is going to be very difficult in these last days to be able to make it. The basic meaning by the word baptized is immerse or dipped. To flood a person with the Holy Spirit. Water is that symbol of cleansing. The Holy Spirit's fire then comes in and burns and consumes everything out. This fire is described as unquenchable. I didn't know this, but the word unquenchable is the word in the Greek asbestos. His fire is unquenchable. He says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When it says there, come upon, it means actually, literally, He will come over or come upon us. It's used mostly of talking about an enemy's attacks, but in this case, it's the Holy Spirit coming and overtaking us. What a beautiful picture. These I words, all these words, even the word being poured out, the Holy Spirit being poured out, has the idea of us being drenched or covered and immersed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to baptize us. This morning, if you've repented of your sins and you've asked Christ to be your master, then He responds next by saying, I will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower you for living. Are you swimming in the Spirit? Are you sipping occasionally? Are you spiritually dry? Do you long for God with a deep thirst? Jesus wants to flood you with His Spirit. Some of us have been sprinkled, spiritually speaking, but God wants us to be drenched. Tonight, I'm asking us to come together just as a church and say, you know what? God, I want all you have for me. What do you, maybe some of you have wrestled in these places where you feel dry, you feel like you've got all these things. The circumstances of your life have brought us to this moment to say, I want more, God. I need more of you. Maybe it's your, your marriage, or maybe it's a family situation, maybe it's your job, maybe it's all these things combined. And you know what, tonight it's like, God, you've brought me to this place so that I would reach out and grab a hold of you. I don't want to just do church. In fact, when I say today that I feel like we're at a crossroads, it's because this. If we do church as usual, we might as well just be any other church in town. But see, the book of Acts describes a church that was on fire. A church that was baptized in His fire. A church that every place they went, they knew that something was different about these people. 
Because they had been drenched by the Spirit of God. Does your life need the more of God today? Are you drenched in the Holy Spirit? You're just in faith going, I want this. I want more of this. So I feel totally at peace with not understanding everything and going, I don't, I don't get it. I wrote a book about the Holy Spirit and I don't understand. You know, it's like, I'm still wrestling. And I think that's what we're supposed to do, is not have all the answers. Paul says, I want to be a steward of the mysteries of God. A steward of the mysteries of God. He doesn't say, I want to be a know-it-all and have the answers to everything. I'm just trying to steward the mysteries of God. And as I prayed about this, I just thought, what if God in heaven looked down here at His kids humbly saying, God, I don't get it. I just know where my life is at. And I want more of you. Close your eyes just for a moment. Heavenly Father, as I was contemplating even what Francis Chan ended with, Lord, that's exactly where my heart is today. Lord, I don't... Some people maybe don't understand it. I don't understand it completely. I, all I know, God, is that you baptized your people in fire and power. You told them to go and wait... And Lord, then your Holy Spirit showed up. You said, I need to go so that He can come. And so Lord, tonight, I'm asking for us as a group, as a body, to come together and just say, Lord, I want the more of You. I'm going to cry out for the more of You, God. I need You. I need You in my life to be the man of God that I need to be. I need you in my life to be the woman of God I need to be. I need you in my life to be the child that I need to be and to do what's right and to not go the wrong direction. I need that Holy Spirit guiding my life and guiding my steps. I cannot just keep having a little drip. I can't be sprinkled. I need to be drenched in you. And as Diane said it so simply, she just simply got hungry and said, Lord, come. And so, Lord, I ask tonight that whatever excuse could try to come up even today or this afternoon, Lord, that we would be able to put that aside and say, nope, I've got a date with destiny tonight. I've got a date with the Holy Spirit tonight. I've got a date with a drenching tonight in the Holy Spirit. And I am not going to miss it. And I know, Lord, tonight... I've fasted. I've prayed. I cannot wait to get in your presence tonight and just worship. And Lord, whatever you decide to do, like Francis Chan said, if he shows up and his power moves in our midst, thank you, Lord. But if not, I'm going to continue to hunger and thirst.